This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, making good people defenseless does not make bad people harmless. Gun control laws only disarm the law-abiding. Murder, rape, and assault are already against the law. And do you really think a law that bans concealed carry will stop a criminal? Help us fight back and become a member of San Diego County Gun Owners. We make activism easy. So join today. Go to sdcgo.org slash join and sign up to be a member. Together, we will win. The San Diego Gun Show is back. How can you participate? Well, there's a few different ways. You can sponsor. You can exhibit. You can volunteer. You can attend or, hell, do all do all the above. Um there is a lot of different opportunities for you to be a sponsor of the gun show, get your name out there, help promote the gun show, and help make sure it exists while benefiting yourself. You can exhibit. Um, we have all kinds of tables. We're going to have over 100 vendor tables. Uh, you can volunteer. We need help. Uh, go to sandiegocountygunowners.com slash volunteer to help and volunteer so you can be a part of the show and make it successful. But most of all, something that everyone can do is attend. March 2nd and 3rd, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, you can attend. So um, we're going to have all kinds of really cool things happening on the show. Let's see. What else do I want to talk about? American well, can I throw something out there? Sure. Okay. Uh, for all you folks that were in Vietnam, um, you've heard of the wall, which is uh, it's a mobile three-quarter scale replica of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C. Uh, they're coming to El Cajon uh, on March uh, 31st or 21st to the 24th. It'll be at Wells Park. And and the reason they're doing it is because they're so grateful with, the, with what the Vietnam Veteran Memorial Fund has done to educate future generations about this war so that no one serving our country will ever again be mistreated the way Vietnam vets were. And to this end, they do need lots of volunteers. So if you can help out, go to thewallelcajon.com, thewallelcajon.com. That's awesome. Thank you, Dave. Um, American Shooters reopens February 2nd and 3rd. That really? is, Yeah, that's this weekend. So what happened is uh, some folks that worked with our, our beloved Mark Alcon, who unfortunately passed away a couple years ago now, um, started a, a new, um, uh, a new uh, gun shop, American Shooters. It's in El Cajon. Um, we're, is it over there by the same place, the chicken shop? No, a little bit different place, I believe. I mean, you know what? Here's what I need you, you to do. Get on our email list. Go to sandygoodcountygunowners.com, and uh, you can, uh, you'll see information about that. And uh, uh, Are we going to have uh, a shindig? Are we going to have a shindig? Well, there's going to be a grand opening. That's it. Yep. That's so shindig on is. February 2nd and 3rd. You hear that, Brendan? Shindig. <laughs> so Voter Guide published uh, this last week here. So go to sdcgo.org slash voter guide. There is somebody for everyone in San Diego 
to vote for. Uh, SDCGO.org slash voter guide, and you'll see our voter guide. Uh, that's for the March election. We do have some folks in November, but uh, most importantly, right now we're, we're looking for March. Um, and also, save the date, gun prom, October 12th. Dave, you know what I want to talk about? Your 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 shirt is reminding me. We only have a couple of minutes, but let's talk uh-huh. about it for a minute. Vote. I was listening to a couple of folks, a couple of uh, mostly Republican folks talking about the election. Mm-hmm. And you know what their biggest, you know, talking about Trump. Mm-hmm. Can Trump win? You know, mm-hmm. do you know what their biggest fear is? Mm. You know what their biggest challenge is that mm. they're really trying to overcome and figure out? Because you know things are trending the right way for Trump, but uh, the thing that they're trying to overcome is everything we've been talking about for for years: the uh, voter fraud myth, not the voter fraud. This is everything I've been saying. I know you have. What is happening is people are not going to go to the polls because they believe their vote will not be counted and the election is rigged. So that is what they are trying to overcome. They're trying to overcome people not showing up because of the, I call it a myth, call it a, an understanding, call it a misunderstanding, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The people who've been talking about uh, voter fraud with such fervor are scaring people away from the polls. And this is I'm t- people who are working directly to try to get Trump elected. This is what they're worried about. This I is what totally they're looking agree. to overcome. Now if, now, if you're sitting there listening and going, but Mike, there is voter fraud. I believe it with my heart and soul. Okay, fine. That's fine. You know, or maybe you're like, I don't know. I don't know if there's voter fraud or not. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. Maybe there's some. Maybe there's not some. Or maybe you don't believe in voter fraud in any way. Or maybe you believe there's a little bit, but it's not. Whatever you believe, wherever you are on the voter fraud spectrum, what needs to happen is every single pro. We need to flood them with legitimate votes. So if there is fraud, there's more votes than they could possibly overtake with fraud. Exactly right. So and I will have to say, I was in the camp. Not that I would never stop voting. I will always vote. I will never mail in my ballot. I will always physically go to the the the, the, the voting booth and do my my ticket. But I kind of felt the same way you just said in the beginning. Until you said, I don't know how many years back, flood the market with honest votes. And they'll never be able to take over. The, the big fear that everyone had, and now it is actually showing up in, in numbers, it's showing up in uh, surveys and the like, is that people would go, nah, all right, well, if there's right. voter fraud, I'm not showing up. And that's, that's if Trump loses, that will be the likely be reason. The, yeah, yeah. Not, you know, I, you know, just the fear of voter fraud mm-hmm. will be the reason. Now, here's another interesting thing that, that these uh, leaders were talking about. They were saying that one of the things they're trying to do is get people who are not likely voters. So a likely voter is someone that votes in every single election, mm-hmm. primary, general, for the last 35 years. So they've shown up and voted, voted, voted. 
you don't have to worry about that person, right? No. no. But uh, so what you do is you try to influence that person's vote. You don't have to worry about them showing up. But then there are a bunch of people who don't show up all that often. You know, maybe they showed up once in the last 10 years. So he said, hey, this is what we're trying to do. The, he being there, – there's some Republican leaders. I don't want to talk. There are no. a bunch of – there's kind of a panel. There's a bunch of them. But there's a, but bunch, there's of, a like, bunch of them. Like we were talking about earlier, uh, Turning Point right. was talking about it. There's some other right. organizations like that that are trying to get Trump elected. And they said the example they gave was, in fact, this was Charlie Kirk from Turning Point. The example he gave was, hey, what if we find uh, you know, random guy who has a hunting license, but he hasn't voted in forever, you know, and he has a subscription to guns and ammo, I think, something like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to go get that guy to vote for Trump. And again, that's exactly our plan. The reason that we do these shooting socials, that we do these tabletops at gun shops, is that so we can find unlikely voters, people that maybe they left the Republican Party or maybe they left the Democratic Party. They've stopped voting. They've stopped taking uh, paying attention to politics mm-hmm. because they didn't have someone that was standing up for their Second right. Amendment rights. Or somebody that just flat doesn't watch the news anymore. Or flat doesn't watch the news anymore, like me. <laughs> if you weren't involved in what you're involved in, right? What would be the chances of you voting? I I always voted. I mean, if you weren't, yeah. a, if I you weren't, in, well, how do you know who to vote for? I if you voted. don't watch the news, I always voted. I remember it's my. I turned uh, ninety four was my first election, and I found my way to city hall in San Francisco, and I voted for a Republican. And if there was more than one Republican, I remember. Uh, I would look at their ballot designation. I'd vote for like a businessman over a teacher, you know that kind of thing. Okay, like, yeah. So well, I didn't really know what I was talking well, that's, about. Well, but. that's kind of what I did until I met you. Yeah, but that's what that's why I need to get involved with San Diego County gun owners. Get involved so we can find more people who care about guns. Get them into the the, the the. And I do the same thing if I'm out. And we're talking, and I say somebody says, "Ah, I'm not voting." As you got to, you got to. Don't do like the left. They're organized. They know how to attack this problem. We need to attack it with with good, honest, quality votes. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Folks, hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, if you ever have legal matters that involve firearms, you need California best firearms lawyer, and that means John Dillon. He can help you with red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws, so put his number on your phone right now. 760-642-7150. 760-642-7150. Hey, so we're supposed to talk to Rob Pincus, who is an awesome guy and a fantastic leader. Um, Rob is uh, is working on a new project that we wanted to talk more about. But until we get him on the line, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, one of the other interviews that we're going to do today is John Dillon. John Dillon is one of the attorneys on the Miller case. The Miller case, mm-hmm. of course, has to do with SB2. SB2 is um, uh, the assault weapons ban case. And uh, and uh, so we're going to talk to John Dillon about that and what happened 
in about uh, – so we're going to do that at 45 past the hour. But right now we have Rob Pincus on. Rob, how are you, man? I am doing pretty good uh, despite the travel struggles of getting back from SHOT Show this year. I'm just about back to my place in Denver, but I'm doing pretty good other than that. Awesome, Rob. Well, well, good to talk to you, as always. You, sir, are a uh, Second Amendment leader nationally, uh, thought leader, and literal leader, and I appreciate everything that you do, and thank you so much for being a strong voice. Um, and uh, today we're going to talk about – now, one of the things we're going to talk about is, of course, SB2 happened. Um, we've got an injunction on some or, or most of it. And uh, we, uh, uh, you know, at least a big part of it that has to do with the sensitive areas, which, of course, affects the most amount of people is, you know, expanding these sensitive areas. But there are other pieces to SB2, including uh, forcing uh, instructors to talk more about mental health or mental health training. Um, and uh, so we wanted to have Rob come on because that's something that he's he's, he's in that realm right now where, where Second Amendment and mental health training has uh, intersected, I guess, is maybe the best way to uh, to put it. W- w- is, that, is that a good way of putting it, Rob? Yeah, well, back in 2018, uh, a good friend and, and business collaborator of mine, Mike Sedini, founded Walk to Talk America and asked me to be on the board. And what we've been doing is, is we hope raising awareness about the importance of proactive mental health care. Um, we've definitely been doing a lot of work in the mental health community to educate mental health practitioners about what responsible gun ownership looks like and what the gun community really is, um, despite what they might have heard in the mainstream media or, or thoughts, uh, you know, because of just the, the kind of people that are doing mental health practitioning uh, are generally the kind of people that are hanging out at gun ranges, right? It's just a different demographic. So we what we call, uh, you know, edu- we have educational uh, projects essentially. And what we do is we do outreach to mental health professionals to teach them how to better serve the gun community. And then the, the last piece I'll talk about right now is, is maybe really the first piece we started with was working with the gun industry. And in, in this case, it includes firearms instructors and, and self-defense educators, CCW permit instructors, working with the gun community to understand that, we shouldn't be afraid of mental health issues. We should be embracing that proactive mental health care approach and should be treating mental health care like physical health care. And there are some ways we can do that that shouldn't be threatening at all gun rights, but actually help us protect gun rights. Uh, one of the key words that you used was that SB2 is forcing instructors to get into this area. We've been encouraging instructors to get into this area and be proactive about it for years fearing that something like this might happen. And now that it has happened, um, we've created a resource for the community. How familiar are you with SB2? Do you, do you, and the only reason I ask is, do you want to talk specifically about SB2, or would you rather talk uh, more generally about the types of things that you, that you guys are doing and offering? Yeah, I, I, to me, I think that, that SB2 is is an, is an asterisk, right? Uh, you know, I work internationally. I work, I work nationally. For people in California, that's the focus. But for us, Walk to Talk America, looking all holistically at gun and mental, guns and mental health, and and the, the problems at the intersection, the negative outcomes that can come up. What SB two has done is made a lot more people pay attention to it. And and while we get certainly not the reason we want people to be paying attention to it, what we want to do is let instructors know and let their students know and let the entire gun community know that it's okay to be talking about this. Obviously, we don't want people to think, well, we're going to stop talking about suicide prevention because we don't want the government to be able to tell us what to do. The fact that the government is telling 
people in California with you. And there's actually about eight states now that are mandating this or about to put in to force a mandate for this kind of information being included in fundamental firearms training and concealed carry permit training. And what's more important, I think, is that over the last decade, the gun community has gotten much more aware of why this is important. It, it's about saving lives. That's why we have these guns. That's why we want concealed carry permits. We want to be able to protect our communities, protect ourselves, protect our families, make people safer. And making people safer from the negative outcomes at the intersection of guns and mental health is something that the gun community has done a much better job of doing. But now there's this very oppressive mandate on instructors in certain states and in, not only is it not fair, not as an infringement, but it also is a great burden to people that may have no training or experience or confidence or, quite frankly, any place talking about these things that they haven't studied and, and that they don't have the time or resources, maybe even or interest in studying. So we've provided, much like you would have maybe a, a recorded legal brief from a lawyer or from a, a law enforcement official in a, in a concealed carry permit setting, the instructor wants to teach the people how to use the gun, how to store the gun, how to carry the gun, how to reload the gun, how to clean the gun, all the shooting stuff, right? That's what most instructors are focused on. That's what most of them are good at. That's how most of them come to this profession. They don't need to become mental health educators. So what we've done is we've created an hour-long block of instruction that they can utilize. They can use every chapter or they can pick and choose the chapters they want to use, maybe the areas they're less comfortable in, some of which are being taught by mental health practitioners, certified and licensed professionals, addressing the kinds of things that are important for gun owners to understand uh, in a very obviously pro-gun and, and pro-freedom and non-restricting, non-oppressive, uh, non-condescending way, um, which is what we're afraid of getting put into place by states if the gun community doesn't show that we are meeting uh, what I think is a responsibility, but also in some states an obligation to address these issues properly. It It is... It's some, you know, from the very beginning, San Diego County gun owners, we've said that we defend the rights of the sane, trained, and law-abiding. Um, so if someone is, you know, not sane, not trained, not law-abiding, then we're not we're not trying to, you know, get them a permit or, or or teach them how to use a firearm or anything like that. I mean, we really truly only stand for the rights of the sane, trained, and law-abiding. That sane part is enormously difficult. You know, trained pretty easy to determine. Uh, law-abiding, pretty easy to determine, but the sanity part has been really difficult for, for, for me, for us, for the whole community. And I got to tell you, it's, there are definitely times when I get resentful of, of, of that even having to be there. Like, hey, this isn't, why is this my responsibility? I don't know anything about mental health. I know I'm mentally healthy. I know the people I hang out with are. You know, why do I have to figure all this out? It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a natural right, you know, my ability to self-defense. You know, I shouldn't have to, you know, what are we doing here? And, and, but that's the emotional part, you know? That's the emotional part. It's not, it's not the logical part. It's not the effective part. Because like you said, and, I, and this goes for just about every gun law, if, if, the, you know, most gun laws are the re- most laws, frankly, but most gun laws are the results of irresponsible behavior. And if uh, uh, for, 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 it's a very that's a huge general statement. So I know people could pick it apart, whatever. But what I'm saying is, if a problem doesn't exist, then a pro- then usually a uh, a law isn't introduced uh, to solve it. And if in and typically when a law is introduced to solve it, of course it lacks all eloquence and it and it's overreaching and it and it's hurtful and it, you know, it doesn't really solve the problem. Maybe it kind of it's horrible. It's a it's a bad solution. It's a if if a law is introduced, 
you know, it's it's it, there are ten other solutions that would would have been much better than that law. So for that reason, um, you know, I kind of come back down to earth and go, we got to address this. You know, we 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 have to do something. You know, we have to in order for us to. Uh, thrive in order for us to expand and and uh, you know, we can't just ignore this mental health piece, right? I mean, am I? And I know that was kind of a long little little soliloquy there, Rob. But what what are your thoughts on that that little mental process I go through? Yeah, you know, it's, there's a lot there. Like you said, I, I agree. I think we fundamentally agree 100. percent I think that you know, I would say uh, nuanced versions of the same things you're saying. I I think where laws come in, it's it's either because there's a perceived problem or there's a, an interest in controlling people, right? And, and that, so the perceived problem is like the government doesn't want to be pushed out of power, right? The government doesn't want to lose out on uh, money or access or resources, things like that. So it's either, you know, it's about a perceived, it's a perceived fear, which may be founded or not, and then also a perception of needing to control people. What, what we're doing here, when, we, when you say sane, I think that's hard. That's what's hard because as you said, you're not trained. I'm not formally trained to determine whether or not somebody is sane. I mean, we can colloquially agree that yes, sanity is something we would want gun owners to have. But what if, what if we change that word? Because what sanity means, I think we said to try to define it, we'd say, well, mentally healthy. Okay. So if I just said to you that someone should be healthy and fit in order to exercise their second amendment rights, you'd probably push way back hard on that and say, well, Rob, what's the difference if somebody, somebody has a cold, you're saying they can't exercise their rights. Or are you saying that if somebody uh, sprains their ankle, they can't carry a gun that day. If somebody's in a cast and they wouldn't be able to control recoil as well, one handed, are we going to restrict their gun rights? And I'm going to say, no, of course not. And And the thing is mental health issues are very much like physical health issues in that they are almost always temporary and they are almost always treatable. And importantly, very, very, very few people who have mental health issues that under, under that big umbrella that that would be pose any danger to themselves or others in any way related to those mental health issues. And if we just understand that a little better, if I said to you, hey, you know, I hurt my arm, uh, but I can, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do the interview anyway. You, you wouldn't have any idea if I broke it, sprained it, hurt my shoulder, or maybe what it even had to do with doing this interview today. But if I told you that, you know, I was having to seek uh, some mental health treatment. I'm dealing with some mental health issues, uh, but I'll still do the inter- interview anyway. I think most people in, in our generation might actually have at least an internal, we might say it out loud, we'd have an internal emotional reaction to that statement. And we might not want Rob to do the interview if he's dealing with mental health issues. But you know what? Dealing with a mental health issue is important and talking about it is important. And, and whatever those issues may be, if you're, if you're being treated by a professional that is sensitive to and understanding of gun ownership, when we talk about cultural uh, comfort. Hang, hang on, Rob. Comfort, we got to hold we, on, Rob. We gotta go, we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to come back and we're going to do another segment on this. This is, I Sounds can't great. tell you how much I appreciate you yeah. uh, talking about this. This is such a hard subject. Yeah, make sure you put $5 in the slot, okay, so we can bring you back. <laughs> he doesn't like that? <laughs> you don't think that'll work? <laughs> Hey, this is Gun Ordered Radio FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, Riverside and San Bernardino. 
even with the Bruin case, the gun grabbers are getting even more desperate. Let's face it, all these laws disarm only the people that would use a gun to defend themselves. Fight back and do something to defend your Second Amendment right. Join Inland Empire gun owners right now. We're growing the 2A community and are getting more pro 2A officials elected. Membership is only $10 a month and joining is super easy. Just go to iegunowners.com slash join. So we're talking to Rob Pincus, and we're talking about a hard subject. It has to do with mental health and the gun owner community. Um, so, uh, so talk, Rob. Talk about talk about what you're offering. Like, what what is your uh, what, what's your your piece of the pie that that you know you're not gonna no one person is gonna be able to solve this whole issue. You know. So what what are you doing to help further things along? Because I think it's a it's great. Rob. Did we root? Yep, I'm here. I'm, oh. no, I'm here, guys. Sorry oh. about that. It's That's about right. time you put that five dollars <laughs> in the slot. Come on, man. It was hard. It was hard to fold it up small enough. So the uh, first, I had to go to an ATM. The guy who's carrying who carries cash anymore. <laughs> so uh, what Walk Talk America does again? Multifaceted outreach um, inside the gun community, working with gun manufacturers, for example, we put educational information cards with resources uh, to remind people that, you know, suicide prevention is important in every box yeah, of several gun companies. So talk like about that. that. So like, okay, so let's just talk about that piece. So, so if someone buys a XYZ gun or whatever, then inside the, the box, you know, they, they bring it home, they pop it open and inside the box, there's going to be like what a pamphlet with, with what kind of info or talk, like, uh, talk specifics. It's, it's an information card, we call it, and on the front, it talks about you know very simple things. Gun owners need to be aware that uh, the vast majority of, of firearms-involved deaths are suicides. It's not uh, you know negligent gun owners firing rounds off in the mall. It's not uh, you know good, responsible gun owners uh, you know irresponsibly using guns in the streets. It's not that. It, it's not murders. It's suicide. Over 60% of the deaths involving firearms in our country for, uh, I believe, well over the last decade, and certainly the last five to 10 years that I've been looking at it, are suicide. So it's, we talk, we just raise awareness. It's okay to talk about it. In, in fact, I think we have a responsibility and obligation to be proactive in our own mental health care and in our community to encourage other people to be that. And then the gun companies, there's a blank spot on the back uh, that some gun uh, retailers will put uh, re- resources that they know to be firearms or Second Amendment friendly mental health resources in their community. And then, of course, there's national resources. Uh, and there's also an online uh, free screening, a free and anonymous screening that's powered by Mental Health America, who are expressly not anti-gun. They don't take a position on any legislation regarding firearms or firearms ownership, and they provide resources online um, and in in different communities around the country. But you can go through WTTA.org and take a free and anonymous screening for over 10 different potential issues. If you you think, you know, how am I doing on on anxiety? Maybe I feel a little anxious. Uh, Maybe I'm depressed. Uh, Anything that you think falls under the umbrella of mental health issues you, you want to investigate, you can take a quick, again, free and anonymous quiz. And at the end of it, it gives you like a score and it just says, you know what, according to your answers here, if you answered honestly, you probably don't have anything to worry about. Or, hey, you know what, if you answered honestly, we think you should probably call a professional. It's not an emergency, but seek a therapist, get help, here's some resources for you. Or maybe 
you know, if you feel like this right now, there are numbers you can call. There's suicide prevention hotline. Uh, you can call uh, local law enforcement. You can call the hospitals. You can call ambulance services. You can, there's a lot of things people can do to get outreach. Now, what we have found is that the vast majority of gun owners who take those uh, self-assessments, uh, uh, anonymous, free assessments, we, we see the results because we don't see who took them. But the vast majority of people find out, you know what, they don't have a problem. And that's what proactive mental health is. We don't want to create a mental health issue by worrying about do we have a mental health issue or not. Um, a lot of uh, my insurance actually uh, based in Colorado just last year added just like a, a proactive dental clean. One of my lines, they kind of took one of my regular talking points away with the media. Um, in our country, we can get proactive physical health care very easily, right? We get a, we check our blood pressure. We get our blood work done. We uh, get free dental cleanings to avoid potential dental problems in the future as part of our health care plans. But we don't get any proactive mental health care. Well, now we do. We're seeing that change across the country where free therapy sessions, three consulta free consultation sessions, and also, uh, again, a, a screening that you can do with your mental health practitioners in your community can all be covered now under a lot of health insurance plans. And that's important. Um, that's something we need to be doing a better job of. Of course, in the veterans community and in the first responder community, we know, you know, the, the, the Mission 22 and all the things we've heard uh, for the last 10 to 20 years. Um, we've been very proactive in, in suicide prevention uh, and it, because it was incredibly important that we got a lot more proactive in, in the veterans community. And obviously, there's a lot of overlap with the veterans and with gun owners. Uh, but this latest initiative specifically is, again, uh, um, hour long free resource that any firearms instructor can use in any state, whether they are mandated to or not, to educate their students about things like access control and why why access control is incredibly important. And we know that anyway. We want we want people to remember that number. I think the number one responsibility gun owners have is preventing unauthorized access to their guns. How do we do that? Well, there's a, about a, a 12 minute block where I talk about all the different kinds of quick access safes. I talk about the difference between staging and storing, and I also talk about the very important understanding of who we're actually trying to prevent the unauthorized access or use from, because there are some important categories that not everybody thinks of, and when to do it, and maybe even when to restrict our own access. For example, I always tell people, I was just out in Las Vegas. If I'm out in Las Vegas and I'm going out during SHOT Show, I'm probably going to a cocktail party. I'm probably having some cocktails. I separate myself from immediate access to firearms when I'm drinking. And it's something I think most gun owners do. We don't think of that as, as oppressive. We think of it as being responsible. Well, there's obviously some, some conditions under which when you're dealing with a mental health issue or if you have a family member who's dealing with a mental health issue like dementia, if you're, you know, you're taking the keys away from grandpa because you don't want them driving because of the, the, uh, their ability to process information correctly, well, they probably shouldn't have a shotgun behind the door either. And that's hard for us to say in, in the firearms community. But those are the kinds of things that we need to be addressing. And then, of course, J uh, Jake Wiskirchen from uh, Zephyr Wellness, he's also on the board with us. He is a mental health practitioner, and he does a great job of going into a lot of different issues that people need to be aware of that they, they may not even understand. They're, they're not terminal diagnoses. It doesn't mean that you're never going to own a gun or that you can't work or you can't be a healthy person interacting with other people in the community and in your family and at your workplace if you have a low-level mental health issue to deal with. 
And that's what the vast majority of mental health issues are. They're very low level. They're very treatable. But we have to have these conversations. And, so, and I don't like the fact that the state of California or Maryland or Hawaii is telling instructors they right. have to do it. But if you have to do it, Here's let's embrace it and get into it. Yep. Okay. Exactly. So let me just, I just want to make sure I get it right. And I want to really, really clarify for our, for our instructors, especially in San Diego and Orange and uh, Inland Empire. So SB2 is requiring that as a part of the now 16-hour course, if you if you get a CCW, you have to take a 16-hour course, two eight-hour courses. As a part of that, they have to talk about uh, mental health. And what you're saying is that you guys have put together a one-hour video that will fulfill that requirement, and it sounds like it's totally free to anybody? Absolutely. We made it. We, we know that there, there are other organizations that are probably going to be putting out for a, a, a fee, um, some you know big organizations that it will mean well, but they move slower than we do. And they're for-profit companies and, and they have for-profit training divisions. Some of them that are, that are maybe nonprofit in other ways. And they'll probably be other resources out there, but we wanted to get out there as quickly as we could. Um, another, another instructor that a lot of people know, Kevin Dixie uh, also did a chapter. I did a couple chapters. Um, so, so where do they go? Where, the instructor, where does an instructor go? If you're listening here in Southern California, where, where exactly do they go to get that one hour? WTTA.org. Walk the Talk America. WTTA.org. Uh, go to just go to the drop down menu. Look at the training resources. You're going to see the instructor resource there. This is mental health instructor resource videos. And again, they're broken down by chapter so that an instructor can integrate them into that 16 hours, for example, in California, whenever they want. They can show a, a chapter, you know, in the morning, another chapter in the afternoon, maybe the next morning you're going to show two chapters, or maybe they, they maybe they don't want to show Rob's chapter on pre- preventing unauthorized access because it's, it's something they're very passionate about. And they have all the quick access safes and locks and all the brands, they can show the students right there in the room. So they're going to skip that chapter. Uh, but, but they really need Jake's chapters on the mental health issues. Uh, so it's a pick and choose, use it as you need it. Uh, it's, it's completely free. Uh, there's no, you don't have to sign up. You don't have to register. No, obviously we're a 501 C three. We love the donations. Uh, we have a, a big, uh, pot of gold auctions is doing a really cool auction for us right now with a bunch of cool guns that were donated and seracoded and engraved and things like that. There's all kinds of ways to support WTTA, but what we want to be is a resource to the gun community. And unfortunately SB2 has made a lot of people aware that they need this resource. And rather than reinvent the wheel or have people doing it in a way that, you know, is, is begrudgingly done, which I could see a lot of instructors do. People are not happy about this. And I could see a lot of, all right, we're going to talk about suicide prevention for the next hour, and the next hour may not be as informative as it could be, because quite frankly, I didn't know anything about this 10 years ago, and I had been teaching for 20 years at that point. And I think there's a lot of instructors out there who are going to be challenged if they have to come up with their own resource. That's why we wanted to put together something people could use. And in fact, we're working on a second round that'll be a little more polished, a little better presentation, I think. But right now, today, this resource is there. It's free. And we know that already we know a lot of instructors are, are benefiting from it. And they, they've, they've reached out in, in droves to thank us for doing this thing because they didn't know how they were going to meet the requirement. And uh, unfortunately, it is a requirement now. And, and I think it's going to be about eight states by the end of the end of next month. Awesome. Well, that's all very cool. You know, I, I got to tell you, one of the big mistakes that have, that was that was on that was made. I, I don't even know if it was a mistake, but one of the, one of the things that really happened that hurt uh, this type of uh, you know mental health, basically, and, and gun owners is you know they came up with these red flag laws, and I think that even gun owners were like, yeah, all right, let's figure this out, and and they came up. The only type of red flag law I've seen are these gun violence training orders. 
the gun violence restraining order was supposed to give people an avenue when, hey, uncle so-and-so or grandpa such-and-such, uh, we don't know what to do. They have guns and they're showing a red flag. Like it would, it would, it would basically give a procedure or an avenue to get that person help, you know, to get that person, uh, so that they maybe didn't have access to their firearms anymore, you know, be, because of some kind of mental health, you know, it wasn't clearly addressed in, in current law, but instead the anti-gunners took red flag laws, took gun violence restraining orders and ran with it, made it standard operating procedure across the board. And that, seriously hurt gun owners because now we don't trust them. Now we don't want anything to do with red flag laws or gun violence restraining well, orders. And, and quite frankly, in their current forum, we shouldn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. It's a lie. Uh, you know, unfortunately, those emergency uh, restraining orders, the gun violence protection orders, we have red flag, whatever you want to call them, there is not a single one in this country, not a single state law nor proposed federal one that involves mental health practitioners to actually address a problem. That makes it gun control and nothing more. That's right. They're anti-gun. They're not pro-safety. They're not trying to help. They're just anti-gun. Rob, thank you so much. So it's Walk the Talk America, right? You got it. WTTA.org. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show and telling everybody. Thank you guys so much for for providing a resource. I think that'll make instructors' life uh, a lot more easy. So thank you. All right, folks. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, you want to learn to fly? Well, get your and get your pilot's license at the yeah, same time. I do. Well, you need to just go down to San Diego because it's one of the best places to get your airplane pilot's license because pilots can fly almost every single day. You can learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International, Gun Owners Radio listeners only, and... Get this, for you get one hour of uh, ground school and one hour of flight with an instructor, yeah, you really get to fly. It's a $400 value, but just for you listeners, $350. Just mention Gun Owners Radio. Give them a call, 858-569-1822, or go to Learn to Fly with SDFTI. That's 858-569-1822. Okay, our old friend John Dillon, who is a uh, supreme Second Amendment attorney, and he's also one of the attorneys on the Miller versus Bonta case, which is the the lawsuit against California for their assault weapons ban, which is little more than a, a it's it's a gun ban. It's not a, that's all it is. Assault yeah, weapon that's is all just it a pejorative is. term. So there's a lot of information I want to get to, including I want to play a clip from one of the attorneys because this court or this case was just in court. So without further ado, John Dillon. Hey, buddy. How's it going, guys? Fantastic. Hey, did so, you get the Tesla truck? No, nah, I, I I did do that hundred dollar deposit <laughs> for him, but I haven't heard anything you know from Tesla for did, three years. Don't so. you listen to me? <laughs> nah. Did we not have this talk? Should have done it. Okay, so SB two or SB two, uh, the yeah. assault weapons ban was in the courtroom last week, and I wanted to bring you on so they could hear it from the horse's mouth. What exactly happened, my friend? Yeah, so just a little bit of background. We got the uh, another favorable decision from the district court in the case uh, back in October. Uh, and, of course, you know, you know the, the court ruled that the, the ban is wholly unconstitutional and that it has no historically analogous regulations that could support it. And so they struck it down, but, it, you know, the state appealed. 
in a you know somewhat surprising fashion, the the Ninth Circuit expedited the appeal. So we got briefing done all through December, and uh, we had our oral arguments on appeal uh, this last Wednesday up in Pasadena. Um, and so we got to go into court and uh, make the oral arguments. Uh, and, you know, that was the first time we sat in front of this uh, three-judge panel and, you know, made and what, our case. And so what? Give us, give us the highlights. So I, I do want to play a clip. Of, I actually have a clip from uh, from what the uh, the state's attorney talked about a very interesting exchange that I that I wanted to hear your your thoughts on. But before we even get there, so the it was in front of a three judge panel. Um, each attor- each side uh, the, the the attorneys got to make the case. Sum up kind of what what happened. Like what what was what did you guys say? What did the state say? And then what was the result? Yeah, so it's uh, interesting. So because the state was the one appealing the lower court decision, they got to go first. And uh, they essentially uh, said, well, hey, hey, look, you know, know, the the Supreme Court in Heller, it it said handgun bans aren't constitutional. And then Bruin also said there's no, uh, you know, balancing of interests and, you know, that we have to use historically analogous regulations, Um, you know. But, you know, that's not really what they said. They're much broader than, uh, you know, what every, what you're reading in these decisions. They actually uh, aren't so regulate, uh, regulative. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's what guns are most useful for self-defense purposes. That Those are the guns that we can't ban, only the ones that are most useful for self-defense. And they the state adds in all these new conditions and modifiers in order to, you know, try to regulate the, you know, very clear decisions that have come out of the Supreme court uh, to justify their ban. So basically, you know, they're trying to make the claim that the Supreme court has said that, you know, uh, you can, the only guns you can't ban are the ones that are mostly used and actually, actually used for self-defense not for any lawful purpose, like what was said in these cases, uh, but for, you know, we, we can only, you know, handguns since they're the quintessential uh, self-defense firearm, you know, we can't ban those, but we can essentially ban everything else. Um, that's kind of the, their overarching theme uh, when it comes to their argument. And really what you guys did, you, you is it fair to say that you just brought up Bruin? You just leaned back on, hey, here's what they said during Heller. Here's what they said during Bruin. I mean, it was basically uh, our uh, the Miller side, the, the, the pro-Second Amendment side, was just reminding the three judges, hey, guys, the Supreme Court's already ruled on this basically twice, and it's in our favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. It's not like the the Bruin decision wasn't clear. It was very clear. Anyone can pick it up, read it, and you don't need a law degree to understand what it says. Um, and so we, we quite literally, we're just quoting the Supreme Court. We're, con- we're quoting the controlling authority uh, of the entire court system, the entire justice system. And, uh, you know, so our argument is very straightforward. You know, the fact is that, you know, these semi-automatic firearms, they're not uh, dangerous and unusual because they are in common use throughout the country. Uh, and because they are in common use, they can't be banned. That's about it. Okay, I'm going to play that clip from, from the – this is the state's attorney 
um, uh, making trying to make the case to the three judge panel. So go ahead and Brendan play that clip. So your, your your position is that this would be I mean these kinds of weapons would be outside the original public meaning of what a bearable arm is. That's correct, Your Honor, because these are military weapons. These are not weapons of ordinary self-defense. But when I mean when we look at Heller, right? So it it starts with you know they've got you know Dr. Johnson and some of the other 18th century dictionaries that just define arms as weapons, right? Which which these clearly are, um, and. In Heller, it was common ground that you know, everybody agreed that it at least applied to weapons you would use in militia service. And then the question was, does it also apply to uh, other kinds of weapons? I, as I read Heller, there wasn't really any question that um, weapons that would be used by people in the military would count as arms. Uh, was there? So at the founding in, in 1791, when the Second Amendment was ratified, uh, the Supreme Court observed in Heller that the same weapons that were commonly kept at home for ordinary purposes like, like self-defense, those were the same types of weapons that militiamen brought to muster. But over time, because of technological advancement, uh, certain weapons have fallen outside of the scope of the... So, so basically the state's saying, hey, but the technology changed. So therefore... You know, wah, 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 they, we get to ban guns that are that are ugly. Is that did I sum, did I sum it up pretty yeah, perfectly? <laughs> essentially, that's uh, what they're saying. They're saying that oh well, you know, uh, you know, we had muskets back then, but we don't have muskets now, so we we can ban these. And what he's essentially saying there is that these semi-automatic firearms are not arms. So <laughs> he's it, which is Ridiculous. You know, it's a it's a ridiculous thing to even say it's it's very clear and that's what the uh, judge miller was kind of hinting at strongly with those questions he's like look you know to determine whether something is an arm you look at the plain text okay second amendment protects the right to keep and bear arms okay what is an arm it's any weapon used for offense and defense that's a very simple thing that's not a debatable subject but you see in these situations that the only chance that states like California have in sidestepping the Constitution is to try to make absurd arguments that, no, 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 these, these firearms aren't really arms, you know, even though they are, but they're not. Like, we, don't don't, which don't is, use common sense and ignore that. Which is weird because out of one side of their mouth, they're saying that. And out of the other side of their mouth, they're saying, well, they're just for military use. They were designed for military use. And then they're saying, but they're not really arms. I, come on. You know, I mean, they're really yeah. grasping at straws here. Okay, so we only have a, we have like two and a half minutes, so a lot of back and forth. I think that uh, you, if you didn't listen to the uh, video, um, you can see it online. You can hear it. You can. I think it's well worth listening to, so you know what they're trying to say, and you can hear, of course, you know the truth from our from our side. But what was the result? So where are we now? Have they come back with a decision, or, or what's the, what, what what does it look like now? Yeah, so this is what happened. This is something that I predicted about three minutes into oral argument. Uh, I kind of saw this coming. Um, and you know, anyone who listened to the oral argument knows that you know some of the first questions that literally all three of the judges on the panel asked about was the Duncan case, which is a challenge to the uh, California's ban on high-capacity magazines. Now, they, the court, you know, basically they're saying, well, shouldn't we just wait till the Duncan case is decided? Because that's about to be heard on bonk by the 11 judge panel in California. Um, and they're like, well, th there's a lot of the similar 
legal questions and theories that you know are going to be answered in that that we got to answer in this case so shouldn't we be waiting and you know after hearing those questions come uh you know right at the beginning of uh the oral arguments on both sides uh i figured that was going to happen and it did the the court actually issued an order uh that stayed uh this case and until uh, you know pending the decision in duncan so we kind of they put a pause on our so appeal. The, uh, the Miller case is, is being paused until there's a decision in the Duncan case, and then the decision in the Duncan case will be applied to the to the to the Miller case. Yes. So w- whatever analytical reasoning that's used in the Duncan case is going to likely be applied. Now, is there is that it, or is there is there anything that can be done here, or no? We absolutely have to wait for the Duncan case now. On this appeal, we're waiting for the Duncan case. Okay. All right, John. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. John Dillon, uh, Second Amendment attorney extraordinaire right here in San Diego. Thank you for all that you do, John. Really appreciate you, man. My pleasure, guys. Thanks. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You listen to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 2nd Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything 2nd Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, help Orange County gun owners get the right people elected in Orange County. People that will stand up and protect your gun rights. How? By becoming a member today. Go to ocgunowners.com slash join. Now is the time to join the growing number of gun owners who care and want to protect our Second Amendment rights. Go to ocgunowners.com slash join and become a member today. Winners, prizes, and events. Subscribe and win. Subscribe to our email list and win some swag. This week's winner is... Yeah. Oh, that's right. Brendan just down. left. Yeah, so we got to get we gotta do our own. <laughs> Sean Driscoll. <laughs> Boy, what a first rate show we got going. Where are we? Dude. Top drawer. Let's just, we'll, that, we'll, we'll cut that out. Yeah, I appreciate We'll it. fix that in post. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sean, congratulations, my friend. Email prizes at gunownersradio.com to claim your t shirt or your hat. San Diego Gun Show, March second and third, two thousand twenty-four. That's what right is that? Uh, yeah, well, five weeks away, six weeks away. Right around the corner. So we need you to buy tickets. Go to gunownersradio.com and purchase your tickets online. There are all kinds of different tickets. There are tickets to actually enter the show. There's tickets to come to Second Amendment Movie Night, which is that Saturday at uh, like five thirty or six, something like that. 
Um, so we need you to purchase your tickets, check out the show. Um, you're going to be able to go to this gun show and take classes. It's more than just a gun show. Yes, it's a gun show. So yes, they're going to be guns. Yes, you'll be able to purchase ammo. Yes, you'll be able to purchase accessories. And, and there are over 100 vendors there um, that all have a table. It'll be a, very cool. But there's also another component, the Gun Owners Symposium. We're going to have speakers. We're going to have teachers, instructors, people talking on different subjects. Uh, even some elected officials are going to be sculling around, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we're gonna have uh, uh, we're gonna have a Second Amendment movie night. Uh, it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. You're gonna get to see a Second Amendment movie with us. It's a very famous movie from 1984 that we're contractually not allowed to say on the air. But you, if you get the email, you'll be able to see it. When you go on the website, you'll be able to see it. We're gonna have a beer garden, a blood drive. We're gonna have, by the way, little financial advice. Why is that? Donate blood before you go to the beer garden, and you won't have to buy as many beers. <laughs> What? All right, don't do that. That's not even. Tra- no. <laughs> it's not healthy. No. It's not healthy, Dave. Oh. No. Training deal table. So you'll be able to purchase, uh, you'll get deals on different training. We're going to have a little uh, hot rod gun or a uh, car show, which should be really, really cool. Of course, we're going to have a networking lounge, which would be a lot of fun, and a virtual firearm simulator. So um, all kinds of really cool stuff. We're actually going to be talking to Mike Pettengill here in just a couple of minutes, and he's going to talk about how he's going to be at the gun show. He's a. Uh, a, a famous instructor from the Inland Empire area and a friend of the show and, and, a, and all kinds of good guy. Um, so classes are offered as an add-on to the general show admission tickets. You can purchase a class as an add-on or buy a class and gun show admission all in one. And you find that at gunownersradio.com. You can get the latest updates on the gun show at gunownersradio.com slash gun hyphen show. Miss Alicia. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. You're late. I haven't heard you. You don't have anything to say <laughs> through the whole show. You guys have been doing so fantastic. I'm not going to interrupt a train as it rolls. Let's quiz her. Let's quiz her. Okay. In the second segment. <laughs> Two minutes in. I'm right. just kidding. That's it. So, so we out shooting. So there. Yes. Yeah. Is that what you were doing? Yep. Out shooting. Working Love with it. people. Covered in Fixing some people. It's ammo glitter. Yeah. You got ammo yeah. glitter. Yeah. Look very nice. Thank you. <laughs> Ammo glitter. What is that? You never heard of that? No. You must have a better gun than she has. <laughs> I Well, guns scare me. Hey, speaking of, by the way, um, th- there is something I want to bring to everybody's attention. What's that? SB, that stands for Senate Bill, SB 53 is being introduced um, already. We're barely into the new year. Um, it's, again, our favorite, Senator Portentino. Mm-hmm. He's... Probably the, he's currently the most second anti Second Amendment uh, uh, in in the uh, legislature, at least senator. But uh, what he's going to do is it's going to be a firearms storage bill. Now here's the thing: <clears throat> we don't have all the details yet, so I could read you exactly what it says right now, and it could change next week, and it could change next month, and it could change six months from now, and. You know, there's not a whole lot to do except be aware and, you know, maybe maybe spread spread the, the knowledge. Um, but I do want you to be aware. SB 53, essentially what it looks like, it's going to be a firearm storage bill that looks very similar to the one that San Diego passed, the one that La Mesa tried to pass. Uh, essentially what it's going to be is, or what it looks like it's trying to be, is it'll make it illegal for you to store a firearm in your house, even if you don't have kids there, 
um, unless it's locked or inoperable, unless you're actually physically touching the gun. So if you have a firearm out, it's just you and your home. You're alone. You don't have kids. Kids don't live there. It's just you and your home that you're the only person in that home. And all the doors are locked. But you have your pistol on the, say, nightstand. It's considered under your control. Well. Currently, as it is currently. Well, is it, though? (laughs) Because the most. uh, Not if it's in the bedroom and you're out in the front room watching TV. There, it, so what kind of food? So do, you guys just demonstrated exactly the rub. That's the gray. So what kind of yeah. food do they have in jail? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be going. So the the most literal, I guess, definition of in your control means you're physically touching it, right? So that means you carry it on your hip. Like like no, well, you could, but let's let's just say let's say you take it off your hip because you're going to go into the bed or into the bathroom and brush your teeth, right? Okay. Okay. So now it's not on your hip anymore. It's on your nightstand. Right. Is it in your under your control anymore? Uh, see, so I we have fought this thing. Um, the anti gunners have said repeatedly that um, this is going to help kids. It's going to save. It's just it's going to save the kid's life. But the reality is, California already has a law that has to do with with kids and storage. Basically, um, if, if you if you have kids in your house. You can't have a firearm out. I mean, I'm, I'm summing it up and over, you know, simplifying it. But that's and it's, it's right. not even speaking to if, if it's your own children. If you have prohibited yeah. possessors or minors in your home for any reason, mm-hmm. it has to be locked and secured. So that's SB 53. Be aware. What can we mm-hmm. do? I, I got to tell you, the whole point of San Diego County gun owners is we're the ounce of prevention because now we need a thousand pounds of cure. That you can write. I'll tell you what, you know, make phone calls. Send a fax, send an email, you know, do all you want. But the anti-gunners are going to vote for it. The pro-gunners are going to vote against it. And then we're probably going to have to take it to court. So by the time it gets up to the legislature, it's too late. And, I, and people are going to argue with me and they'll show an example. It, we, what I, there is, is there a possibility that for some reason they'll decide to not vote on it or vote it down? Yeah, it's possible. But is, we don't, by the time it gets Sacramento, you're not going to have an effect. It, you know, they're going to make up their own mind. It's going to have to do with money, power, and passion, uh, or you know, one or two of the three. And if so, you think they're going to give up? You're crazy. They're not going to give up. But do I think we can make them lose? We can absolutely make absolutely. Them lose. But knowing about SB three isn't activism. Okay, so now you know about F- SB right fifty three fifty three. So now you know about SB fifty three. That's not activism. Telling your buddy about SB 53. It's not activism. And none of this insanity is going to save anybody's life. No, it's not. Then that's not their point. That's not what they're trying to no, do. I well, that's what they say. That's though. what they say. But activism is uh, people and money. Right. So getting the right people elected, raising the money so that so that uh, organizations can be effective, that's activism. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I'm saying. So is it important to know about SB 53? Absolutely. That's why we're telling you about sure. it. But why we're here. don't sit there, oh, man, what am I going to do? If you, you know, Every minute oh, you yeah. spend Quit worrying and whining, oh, my gosh. That's, Go oh, clean your the gun. liberal, the left, the Democrats, <laughs> the oh, we're all, so I'm going to move to Arizona. Oh, woe is me. No, go clean, get, your, go clean your gun. Get involved. Go to sdcgo.org slash volunteer and get involved. Right. We're the ones that are helping make a difference. We're the ones that are making your activism our uh, effective. So they uh, want you to quit. And we make activism easy. Exactly. 
So be an activist. Yeah. Right here on Gun Owners Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, Not Me is for women by women and is designed to help women with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's free. If you are a woman or you know a woman who needs help, have her sign up and we will give her the help she needs. To sign up, just go to notmesd.org. Okay, our next guest is our our good buddy, uh, someone that I uh, absolutely uh, think the world of. Um, he's an instructor up in Inland Empire, uh, Mike Pettengill. How are you, my friend? Good, sir. How are you? Good, 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 good. How how is your? I know you had at least one class this weekend. How did it go? Yeah, it's good. Um, things are going well. We're we're uh, had a lot of privates and and then and then a couple classes this weekend. Keeping busy, just like Alicia. Can't hey, keep Mike. Up with her, though. Hey, Alicia. Hey, Dave. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, hey. And, of course, you're with uh, Personal Protection Academy, which is Riverside, but uh, you're Riverside and San Bernardino, basically both, right? Well, we're, we're kind of all over Southern California. We, we do CCWs in San Diego. We do CCWs in Riverside uh, when the California DOG allows us to. Um, we do classes in San Diego, classes in Riverside, so we're kind of all over the area. Okay, good. All right, excellent. Okay, so... That brings us to the gun show on March 2nd and 3rd. You're actually going to be doing in-person classes at the show, right? Yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Talk about that. What kind of classes? And uh, uh, Let's start there. What kind of classes are you going to do at the uh, gun show? Well, um, first and foremost, we, we're going to um, do an array of classes brought to you by um, uh, my, my beautiful wife, Erin uh, Pettengill, a registered nurse, Masters in Public Health Education. Um, uh, she served as a registered nurse in in uh, jungles. She served in disaster response areas. She's going to be leading a bunch of medical related classes uh, that we're going to be offering there at the gun show. The the concept in an overall um, uh, viewpoint is that what we're doing is if we're if Alicia and I are training you how to put holes in people, then you really better know how to plug holes in people. Um, because those holes might be in your adversary, they might be in you, um, but it's it's something that you need to be able to do as someone who's a CCW holder, uh, you have a gun in your home. Um, so we're offering a couple classes in the medical uh, field. Some of them are, uh, the first, well, the first one is uh, CPR. Uh, my wife's going to lead you through a CPR um, class, and you're actually going to get an American Red Cross certification in CPR. Oh, nice. Uh, she's going to actually be... she's going to teach a, a CPR class, and you can actually yeah. get certified. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, she's got, she's a rock star, and she's going to take care Staying of that. Staying alive, and... right? Not anymore. Absolutely. They don't do that yeah. anymore. That's that's not the well, current rate. It, that's not the current rate. Oh, it changes. <laughs> it changes about every six weeks, I yeah. think. Oh, what's, is um, there a new song? There's a new one that I use. I'm an, I'm, a, I'm a CPR. <laughs> yeah, I, I have yet to meet your wife, Mike, but I think we're going to get along really well. Uh, the current one that I use is going to be the Imperial Death March. <laughs> dun, dun, it's, it's a little dun, faster. Staying alive was a little slower. Dun. Yeah. Is it really? I'm going to have to. I'm going to play them both side by side and see. I would have thought that uh, staying alive was a little faster. I'm doing in a God of <laughs> The drum solo? Yeah, the drum solo. <laughs> that sucker will be up and running in no if, time. If you take Dave's CPR class, he just does the 20-minute. 
I think that's enough to kill somebody, not nah. keep them alive, Dave. No, I'm soft. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. So you're going to take a CPR? Go <laughs> Dave, you might need it. Look at that red face. I thought that was a good one. All right. <laughs> All right, so you're going to do a CPR class. Your wife is, but that's awesome. And you're actually going to get to be uh, uh, CPR certified through, is it is it Red Cross? Yeah. yeah, it's American Red Cross. If you take our class, I think Dave's uh, class is sponsored through uh, uh, Al- Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, hey, I think it would work. Well, We'll actually, we, I don't know what Dave can get you, but we'll actually get you a two-year certification. So that's awesome. So, um, so oh wait, wait, wait. So you can do. Yeah, so you can go to the gun show, take her class. How long's how long's the CPR certification class? Uh, it's just just less than an hour. You take a one-hour class and you're CPR certified at the gun. That's awesome, man. Yeah, mine's shorter than that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that is very cool. Okay, all right. So CPR, and then what? All, what other kind of classes are you gonna are you are you offering? Also in the medical world, we're going to talk about uh, Stop the Bleed. If you're not uh, familiar with Stop the Bleed, it's kind of the newest hot thing when it comes to, to gun owners and, uh, and uh, a basic medical training. Uh, in short, uh, a one-hour class is going to get you a lifetime certification with Stop the Bleed. And, and really what that focuses in on is um, uh, pressure, uh, plugging the hole, and tourniquets. And we're going to work, uh, get you all uh, uh, certified in that. Nice. And then the last. You know what I learned before we go on to stop the bleed? You know what I learned about stop the bleed, which is kind of interesting? I kind of have a a very distant connection. Um, So, stop the bleed, uh, it started, it was an initiative by a guy in the Navy who was a SEAL, but he was also a physician. He was a medical doctor. And he did a lot of research. um, And one of the things he wanted to do is he basically wanted to, he was trying to figure out, like, okay, when people are on the battlefield, why do they actually die? Mm-hmm. And then uh, what can we do? Like, what's the most effective thing we can we can do to to help them stop dying? And this stop the bleed uh, came of that. And uh, he it's he's retired now. He retired as a as a Navy captain. Uh, his name's uh, Dr. Frank Butler, and he did a bunch of really cool research um, on rebreathers and all kinds of stuff. At one point he was like climbing Mount Everest to do research on eyes, really an amazing guy. And the reason I know that is when I was a kid, he was my family doctor. (laughs) He served with my dad when my dad was in the Navy, they were both doing diving research. And when I uh, faked uh, illness or pretended to be sick because I didn't want to go to school, <laughs> he'd haul me into the Navy base, and uh, Dr. Butler would uh, do a bunch of uh, quote-unquote tests on me, and then he'd see right through me. And he'd go, you know, uh, Dr. Schwartz, I think you should probably keep him home for one day. And But tomorrow you're going to school, right, Mike? Yeah, I'll go to school tomorrow. Okay, anyway, so I I, uh, I didn't I just found out that connection, and I think uh, you know, Mike. I think it'd be kind of interesting. I want to get him on the show and interview him and talk uh, about how he came to you know the conclusions uh, because stop the bleed, like you said, is like the latest greatest thing. I mean, everyone's talking yeah. about it. It's it's that. Yeah, you know, it, the- it, it- Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Lisa. I was just going to say, you know, the, the traditional CPR is fantastic. It's great and it has a place and it's really important. But the 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 bleed care that's taught at that level is is more. It's at to a lesser degree. Your stop the bleed is more of a traumatic a traumatic bleed um, scenario, and it it's a different situation. Well, they're kind of both related. They are. Well, they absolutely right? are. I mean, right. if if uh, basically uh, that red liquid, otherwise known as life. <laughs> 
if it's not flowing through you, then you're it's not uh, out, yeah. you're you're done. So it's either if it's flowing out of you, you got to stop the bleed. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's if it's all in you, but it's not moving, then you got to start the heart. Yep. Yeah, you can. The average person can can uh, absolutely bleed to death in sixty seconds. Yep. And so Jeez. if the person standing next to them, hopefully not the person that put the hole in them, but if the person standing next to them can stop that from occurring, then you're saving a life. That's it. That's amazing. Okay, so and what's the third one? What's the third class you're going to be teaching? In the in the medical uh, subcategory, we're looking at how to build a medical kit. Oh, wow. And so um, our gun guys are are on the range with uh, projectiles that shoot anywhere between 950 feet per second and 3,000 feet per second, and um, they should have the basic necessities. And so we're going to give you the basics on how to build um, a large med kit. So if you're out in the backwoods hunting or doing something where you're a day or so away from EMTs, this is going to give you what you need. We're going to help you uh, learn how to build a medium-sized med kit and a small med kit, which is going to be known more commonly as an IFAC or an individual first aid kit. Um, And it's going to give you all kinds of a a spectrum of uh, of what to use. And I'm telling you, I, I teach all this stuff. But my wife is the one you want to take this, these classes from because she's lived this stuff, man. How do, talk about that. What is uh, talk about your wife's background? Like, how did she obtain the knowledge to uh, learn how to uh, or to know how to build her own med kit? Well, um, in in short, she started off as a as a prison nurse right out of college, and so um, you know you've got lacerations and, and gang fights inside the prison. She went from there to pediatric oncology. Um, and did that for about 10 years. Then we went overseas for about 10 years. Jeez, wait, wait, wait. She was, wait, wait, wait. She was yeah, yeah, yeah. in a prison and then pediatric oncology. I mean, gosh, just taking all the easy gigs. Yeah, Goodness. Yeah, it's, it, 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 she's, she's the most sensitive person you've ever met. She's, she's got, had some of the crappiest jobs on the planet. Aww. And then, okay. So, so then what, then you guys went overseas. Then, yeah. We went overseas for 10 years where we lived in, uh, two different, uh, developing countries, uh, one in Africa, one in Latin America. And she did everything. Uh, I'm glad this isn't being, being broadcast because if the California nurses association heard about this, they'd be upset, but she delivered babies. She, she performed minor surgeries. She amputated, uh, uh, body parts. Uh, she did all kinds of amazing stuff. And then uh, came back to the states now, where she's a, a dialysis nurse, and uh, she's she also is she's she's done a lot of disaster response training. She went to Sri Lanka after the tsunami. She went to Haiti after one of their earthquakes. Done some astonishing stuff. And so, literally, God bless people like me who are who are certified to do this stuff, but uh, are just dumb gun instructors. My wife is the one that wants that you want to take the class from. No kidding, man. She sounds like a superhero. Rockstar, good for her. That is what, what an amazing lady. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So she's going to be there at the. Are you, who's teaching the actual class on uh, at the gun show? Oh, she's teaching those, man. Okay, awesome. Well, that's cool. I'm looking for. I guess we've met. I've met your wife, right? Yeah, tall, four inches taller than me. About fifty IQ points higher. <laughs> uh, much much better looking. I think we've only met like it, like it, like 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 gun prom though, and there was like no opportunity. It's like, hey, you know, I, and then you know, I, I, I <laughs> hopefully at uh, at the gun show, I'll have an opportunity to uh, uh, to talk to her a little bit more because every time I talk to you about her, I learn something even more amazing about her. I mean, gosh, you're like yeah, her, yeah, you're like her, uh, you're like her best hype hype man. 
I, I am her hype man, man. I, I, I married up, brother, all the way. <laughs> yeah, literally. Sounds like you said five, yeah, what, four sure. inches taller. You literally Four married. inches taller, yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so uh, I think what we're going to do is um, we're going to go to a – we're going to do a break and, and pay some bills, as they say. Right, Dave? Isn't that the old – Absolutely. That's the radio terminology. Yes, it is. And when we get back, uh, we're going to talk even more – to the very awesome Mike Mike Pettengill, and hopefully we're, we're going to talk even more about his wife, who sounds like again sounds like a, sure she sounds like a superhero. I mean, how cool is that? She just sounds amazing. And we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some skills classes and specialized training, and uh, get you all ready to go so that you can go to the gun show and meet Mike and Mrs. Pettengill, right? And uh, learn. Yep. And you can take my class there as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, Dave's is offered out back by the dumpster. <laughs> I can't. It's not going to take five minutes. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM AM 1170. The answer. You know, a lot of companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. The design is excellent. The photos are beautiful. And your website looks great. But it's just not getting customers. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with Sage Street. Sage Street can help you find the words that make it easy for your customers to understand what you do. And how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is easy. Visit SageTree.com and click on the Schedule an Appointment button. That's SageTree.com and click on that Schedule a Call button. All right. We are talking to Mike Pettengill. Um, and uh, specifically, we're talking about some of the classes uh, that he offers, especially at the gun show. We were just talking about some of the cool medical classes. Our gun show. At our gun show, May wow. 2nd and 3rd. Just go to gunownersradio.com and you'll learn even more about our gun show. Need you to attend, and there's all kinds of reasons why. So, Mike, uh, I have a note here to talk about skills classes, including dry fire training, drawing from the holster, and handgun mastery. Talk talk a little bit about that. What Talk about what, what's valuable about dry fire training. Well, so uh, while my wife's doing the, the cool medical stuff, I'm going to be doing the gun stuff. So you come to the gun show and you want to buy guns and you want to learn about guns. You want to learn about Second Amendment activism. Uh, but you know what? Let's fix all those things that, uh, that you need help with. Uh, Alicia will attest to this, is that if people did more dry fire training, she and I would be out of a job. Absolutely. Um, that that uh, it, it brings tears to my eyes when I actually talk to my students. I'm like, wow, since you were here six weeks ago, you really improved your grouping. What are you doing? And, and, uh, Oh, well, I've been dry practicing. Like you told me uh, just 10 minutes a day, three days a week. And you wipe a tear from your eye and you <laughs> said that that's amazing. So here's what we're going to do. Really the, the best thing you can do for your ability to shoot is going to be dry fire uh, practice, but it's not, it's not that simple, but we're going to give you a bunch of tips and, and it's a, it's a class that I normally put on and charge a lot more money than, than we're going to be charging at the gun, at the gun show. And, and we're going to take you from, uh, from no tech and low tech to high tech and how to use um, all these options when it comes to perfecting that, that dirty little uh, uh, index finger on your dominant hand. Um, that is the thing that uh, I'll, I will take a, 
a stab at maybe it's uh, as much as 90% of your accuracy is out of that is out of that dominant index finger. And if you can't control that, you can't control your shots. And so we're going to work with you on that. That's, that's amazing. How much? So I don't really, I get it. I've gone through phases where I do dry fire training. Like I wish I was, I wish I could honestly sit here and say, oh, I'm consistent. I do it you know, 10 minutes a day for three days a week or whatever. Mm -hmm. I wish I would. I wish I, I wish I could set that up. Alicia, honestly, how much dry fire training do you, do you do? Uh, you know, honestly, I get a lot of dry fire practice when I work with students because I mm. demo and work with them. Yeah. So honestly, that's where a bulk of my dry fire, I admit, I don't do enough of it on my own like I should either. I mean, and in all, shame on me. Well, shame on all of us, right? None <laughs> right. of us are perfect. I mean, you know, we all have, you know, we have mm -hmm. seconds when we shouldn't. We don't go to the gym when we should. And none of us do as much dry training or dry fire training as we, as we should. I, I think honestly, like. Like if a person just says, hey, you know what, before bed, I'm just going to pull from concealment and dry fire, you know, get one shot on target 10 times. Like if they just made that a habit, I mean, what would that, what, what is that, like six and a half minutes of your life? Oh, not even that. You know? Not even that. I think that yeah. something like, don't you think, Mike? I mean, like I know that sometimes when I, I'm like, well, I'm going to dry fire for 45 minutes <laughs> twice a day. You know, seven days a week, and then I no one. I, I don't. You know, I put these unrealistic goals and expectations on myself. But Mike, don't you think? Like, what if someone just says, "Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do five. We're gonna do five draws and presses before bed." You know, don't you think? I mean, that would be a world of help. I, I I take it even make it more simple than that, right? You're about to walk out the door. You you grab your phone. You grab your keys. You grab your purse or your wallet. You grab your firearm. Uh, mag out, round out, rack, 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 point it towards a, a ballistic wall or a chimney or, or a, a fireplace and, and just do five dry presses, do, do two holster draws, uh, get that round back in there, get that mag back in there and walk out the door. Every time you slap your gun on, just do a little bit of dry press. Hmm. That is easier. That's way so, easier. A little bit. So that's, bit. I mean, that's, that's, it, it's simple. It's, 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 it's uh, the big bane of most people's existence. It's, uh, you know, for our right-handers, it's, it's all about down and left or down straight. Mm -hmm. And for our, 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 our left-handers or whatever they would say, right-handers down left, uh, our left-handers are down right. And, and we could stop that if we just worked on the stupid little index finger. And you know, a lot of people discount dry fire. And I'm sure you heard this too, Mike, is that they discount it because there's not recoil. Well, what they don't realize is that the, all the unnecessary movement that happens all happens before the recoil, just the recoil hides exactly. it. And that's what yep. dry fire works on. So if anybody's poo poo and dry fire, knock it off. Yeah, no, <laughs> Dave, no, exactly. she's looking at you, Dave. I know. That's why I'm not looking at her. <laughs> well, but that, because there's no big bang, when you pull, press the trigger, they, they, you, you, you I think it, it, it teaches the, uh, it teaches the movement out of you. You know right. what I mean? Like you, your your yeah. movement. You know, you're not worried about a big bang anymore. Now mm -hmm. you know you can so when, focus on what you need to focus on. Yeah, I think yeah. I don't know. That's that's what I like to tell myself. I don't know if it's true or not, but <laughs> well, you've got the expert right there on the phone. Just yeah. ask him. What do you say, Mike? Is that am I right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's all about dry practice. I'm a, I'm a competitive shooter, and I'll, I'll be dead honest. I don't do just like Alicia says. I don't do as much dry practices as I should. But oh. the night before not the night before a competition, I'll sure put in thirty minutes. Um, and I, I think that really helps me advance as a competitive shooter. Well, I, ha I you know, I've seen I've seen real scientific studies where they they took three groups and they said, here, go shoot free throws, 
you know, for 30 minutes a day for a month. And then they said, uh, you know, group two, don't shoot any free throws for a month. And then group three, just think about it just for 30 minutes a day. Think yeah, it's about a it, mental process. You know? Yeah. The and mental, then, you're training your, you're training your brain. And the folks that just thought about it, you know, practiced, you know, uh, in their head, uh, did almost as good as the ones that actually practiced. So, I mean, this is very much along the same lines, probably even a, a step above that. It's just, uh, you know, I can see more than thinking about it. Okay. What about the specialized training? I'm seeing here that there's going to be real estate agent safety training. Why should a real estate agent, uh, go to this class? Why should, if you're a real estate agent, maybe you're not necessarily a gun person, uh, but you own a gun. Uh, maybe you don't. Maybe you're thinking about owning a gun. Why would a real estate agent take that class? What's in it for them? Let me let me describe the dumbest job on the planet to you. Okay, <laughs> your job your job, Mike, is to um, communicate with strangers via uh, phone numbers that uh, have no caller ID or emails that could be faked, and to meet them in places where you know you're going to be alone, they're going to be alone, and there's notoriously nobody else there. That's your job. Your job is to go to places where there's nobody that's going to be there and you're going to meet a perfect stranger. Doesn't that just sound ludicrous? I know. You're you're just broadcast to the entire world. Hey, I'm alone and I'm in a house all by myself. You're a stranger. Come see me. Yeah, exactly. And and so this, the concept of this is, um, listen, you as a real estate agent, if this is something that, if this is something that, uh, how you pay your, your own mortgage, then we just want to give you a couple of ideas to keep yourself safe. That's all. That's awesome. And you're doing something similar for uh, houses of worship, right? Churches, synagogues, et cetera, like their security teams? Yeah, so um, there's there's opportunities to identify public threats, and, and that's something that, that churches and houses of worship and synagogues can really use. Um, just it, it, it doesn't always, actually very seldom, statistically looks like the guy that uh, everybody thinks it is, which for those of you who know me or can see the horrific uh, uh, picture on the screen, uh, shaved head uh, guys with tattoos, right? It's, yeah. it's very seldom that guy. It's the, it's the, it's the, uh, the sociopath is the one, and, and that's the one we got to look out for. So we're going to teach people how to identify a public threat. How do I identify uh, a also- – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So I also wanted to, to hit back on the on the skills classes that we're talking about. We're also going to talk about how to draw from a holster, and that's one thing that I, I when I when I can when I uh, certify people with uh, CCWs, that's one thing that I, 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 I we're really going to get aggressive in in the new year about uh, our CCW certification, and that is that uh, you're going to learn how to draw from a holster because I talk to people all the time. Oh, Mike, you're a firearm instructor. Cool. I've got a CCW. First question out of my mouth is, when's the last time you drew a live weapon from a holster. Uh, I, I ain't never done that. Um, well, uh, what, what, so you think the first time you're going to do it is when, is when someone's throwing lead at you at 950 feet per second and uh, you've just soiled your drawers and all the adrenaline's pour, coursing through your veins. That's when you're going to do it right the first time, right? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the next class we're going to do is called handgun mastery. We're going to focus in on kind of the three the three, I think, most important things about, about shooting, that's going to be your grip, your trigger press, and your side alignment. You can be laying on your back. You can be laying on your stomach. You can be in a chair. You can be standing. You can be in the weaver, the isosceles. I couldn't care less. Um, but if you don't have good grip, uh, trigger press, and side alignment, you ain't going to hit nothing. I, enormously valuable. I think that's really, really great. Although I'm always tempted. Anytime an instructor says, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to draw. I'm always like, really? Like with a pencil or charcoal? Or, <laughs> and they all go, ha, 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 ha. We laugh and we hug and then we work on shooting. 
Um, yeah. Okay, so for this, let's talk about the costs. Sixty-seven dollars yeah. as an add-on. So if you already have a ticket to the gun show, you've gone to gunownersradio.com and you purchased a uh, a ticket, you, you, then an additional sixty-seven dollars as an add-on. Um, Eighty dollars if you want to buy your gun show ticket and register for the class. So what you want to do, you definitely want to get this stuff in advance because mm-hmm. uh, space is limited. Um, there, there are going to be thousands of people at this gun show. And Mike's pretty awesome. It's going to fill. Mike is extremely awesome. But what I'm Mike, saying is. Mike's, Mike's wife is awesome. Just, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, what a love fest we have here. That's it? It's just, yeah. 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 No, wait, I have awesome. a question, though. Is this, is this, so there's, there's the skills and there's a the specialized training. Is it one cost for everything or is, or are there separate? How does that so work? there. You, Mike, you talked to us about it. It's you, you purchase them on, online, like you're saying, and that mm-hmm. gets you into one class, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's the dry fire training class, and there's the real estate safety class, and there's the, uh, yeah, it, it's it's totally separate. Gotcha. So okay. each class. And by the way, totally, it's all that's all spelled out, uh, clear as a bell on the website. Go to gunownersradio.com, and you can purchase tickets there. Um, but what I'm what I really want to emphasize is don't buy it. Don't just buy a ticket, and and attend the show. And think that you'll definitely be able to take these classes at the show. You want to be be sure to reserve this in advance. I'd hate for someone to say, "Well, I bought a ticket and I'll just pay for it when I get down there," and then uh, it, it's filled. So purchase in advance. How to sign up? Well, it's super easy. Go to gunownersradio.com/slash/gunshowclasses. That's gunownersradio.com/slash/gunshowclasses. Pick a class. Click on the get tickets button and boom, you're in. And just like Alicia says, what a deal! I know those classes are. are- valued much more highly than what we're charging so absolutely Absolutely. thanks mike pattengill appreciate you man you're the best thanks guys thanks mike all right we're gonna take a quick break this is gun owners radio fm 96.1 am 961 AM 1170. The answer. Well, hey, if you're a gun owner, and if you're ever in need, or if you ever need to use your gun to protect yourself or your loved ones, boy, you need legal protection. Even if you do everything right, even if you're 100% justified, you should be prepared for the legal battle after your self-defense battle. We've seen it right here in San Diego where an innocent man showed his firearm to discourage a violent attacker, and he had to spend thousands of dollars with legal fees to restore his freedom and rights. That's why you need firearms legal protection. When you join, you get uncapped legal protection for self-defense for civil or criminal cases with a 24-7 hotline. So you need to join today. It's real easy. Go to firearmslegal.com and click on Become a Member and use the code G-O-R for a discount. Enjoy the peace of mind knowing that you are protected if you ever are involved in a self-defense incident. Firearmslegal.com and use your discount code G-O-R. Be proactive. Excellent. Okay, so uh, again, American Shooters is a, uh, it's going to be a brand new gun shop in El Cajon. Their grand opening 
is February 2nd and 3rd. February 2nd and 3rd. February 2nd is Friday. 3rd is a Saturday. And David is in El Cajon right by the Greek chicken place up the 67, that same Did I just not say that? You nailed it, my friend. You're on fire. You should buy me a a Rolex. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. So the um, uh, we wanted to mention that we're going to have a booth there. We need volunteers. So if you're listening, we need you to sign up uh, and be a volunteer at that booth on February 2nd and 3rd. Email us, text us, call us, send smoke signals, whatever, and we'll get you all signed up to man that booth. We're going to be there February 2nd and 3rd, American, shooting, uh, American Shooters in El Cajon. Okay, time for everybody's favorite segment. Called Stump My Nephew. We found out years ago that my nephew, Sam, is excellent when it comes to gun trivia. So if you send us a question that has to do with firearms and we use that trivia question on the air, you'll get a hat or a shirt. And if you stump my nephew, you'll get a special prize. Right now the special prize is a, I think it's two-hour session at uh, Shore Shot in Oceanside thanks to our, our buddy Phil. Phil Hume. Sam, how are you, my friend? Not bad. How are you guys? Fantastic. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I want to read the question. I haven't read a question to you in a long time. We usually pass it off to somebody else, but I want to take my turn. So we got John from Yuma, Arizona. He wants to know what firearm is known for being the official sidearm of the Texas Rangers. Yeah, I think we've asked a similar version of this question years ago. Um, but I, but I, but let, let's see how you do. So what firearm is known for being the official sidearm of the Texas Rangers? And I'm assuming he's talking about the law enforcement outfit, not the <laughs> hockey team. You never know. Um, the Rangers hockey team is from New York. Oh, well that would explain that. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, you're thinking of baseball, by the way. Oh, Texas yeah, yeah. Rangers. Oh. Baseball. Rangers yeah. That's what it is. The hockey team's the stars. So, oh. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the New York Rangers are allowed to have a, a, an official sidearm because yeah. New York I, I make it more interesting. Every time we every time we go off script, you know, he knows we, what we're he knows about. he knows I something know. else. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. All right, okay, so Texas Rangers, obviously law enforcement, uh, not baseball. Thank you, Brendan. Nice new watch, by the way, buddy. Okay, go ahead, Sam. All right, uh, thanks for writing in. For, uh, who was it? John from Yuma. John Arizona. from Yuma. John from Yuma, Arizona. Thanks very much for writing in. Um, the official sidearm of the Texas Rangers, the law enforcement agency, uh, to the best of my knowledge, is the M1911 in God's caliber, 45 ACP. It says here the Staccato P is authorized and carried by almost 300 law enforcement departments nationwide, including the Texas Rangers and LAPD. Please hold. That's consulting. The, that's Google. what they call a 2011 platform. So it's it's based on the 1911. Um, I didn't know they had adopted. They had they had specifically selected the Staccato P. That must be a, a relatively new choice, like past past few years. Well, it is L.A. What is but, the, what is the Staccato P? It's uh, it looks like a looks just like a 1911. The, the company used to be called STI, and they made pistols called the Staccato. But now the company is just called Staccato, right. and they make high end like competition grade 1911s. They they say 2011 platform, so it's a little bit different the way the frame is constructed, but it's mostly parts compatible with a 1911. 
Um, and they, they come in a variety of different configurations. You can get them in nine millimeter, double stack, uh, you know, full size for, for competition shooters. You can get compact models. You can get them in 40 or 45 as well. Um, you know, the, uh, the, yeah, cause the magazines are significantly different, right? Cause, mm-hmm. cause you can get a double stack, right? Uh, they are. Yes. Uh, though <laughs> depending on which model you get, some of them are single stack 45s. You know, one reason that folks in California might not be all that familiar with STI is back when the uh, when the um, roster roster was originally introduced, like even before micro stamping, STI said, "Forget it, we're not doing this." Yeah, we're not playing right. this. I game. remember that. So STI, uh, not 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 familiar. Sorry, and that's it's been over ten, it's been over fifteen years mm-hmm. now since you've been able to purchase an STI from a dealer. Because um, I don't I don't think there I don't think there's ever ever been a single STI on the roster ever. No. I don't think they ever participated, but I could be wrong. Someone out there correct me if I'm wrong. But, yeah, so STI uh, nationwide is, you know, very well respected. Like you said, they're kind of this niche um, uh, manufacturer that that, uh, uh, competitors use a lot. And I am not familiar at all with the staccato P. What what, what, what about the term staccato? Do you know what that means? Um, Yeah, it comes from music. It it means – like uh, short, yeah. It's like when you're when you're when you're when you like pluck a note. You don't well, that, know that. that. I do. That's Staccato means like if you uh, if you play the individual notes in a chord rather than play them as a chord, it is staccato. What? What? Right, Sam? Um, it 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 connotes um, short, rapid playing. Um, in in the, the the opposite is legato, where the notes are drawn out. Look at that. How about that? I'm impressed. I know a thing or two. I well, because I've seen a thing or two. Because you have seen a thing or two. All right, that's awesome, man. Uh, congratulations. I don't know if you got that or not. I, uh, I don't think you were specific. I well, if you I look at the gun, it looks like a 1911. It well, we, we already addressed that, Dave. Pardon? I don't know. What? I don't know. You know what, John from you, we're going to give you your hat or your shirt. And we're we're just going to give you the two hours at, no, at we're full not. shop. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. I'm going to give it to him. You can give it to him. Yeah. Um, congratulations, John. That's an excellent question. I didn't I didn't know that. I really didn't know much about a staccato. You know you know why he knows about a staccato because he's from Yuma, Arizona. And you can get him out there. Yeah, probably so. I wonder what's the, what does Texas have their their budget because staccatos are not cheap. Yeah. What do you think no, a staccato goes for right now, Sam? They're a couple grand. Um. It's it's one of those pistols where if you have to ask, it's too much. Last I checked, they were in the neighborhood of at least three thousand dollars for a base model. Jeez, that's a little too much. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's probably more than my car is worth. <laughs> if you added up every pistol I owned, it's it's not three thousand dollars. What are you driving? <laughs> I proudly drive a 2004 Volvo S80. How about that? I would have bet a hundred dollars he was a Volvo owner. He, yeah, yeah, now that you say that, but there's nothing wrong with it. What do you got? Two hundred thousand on it? Kind of meticulous and well, about one thirty, just okay. under one thirty. Yeah, run like a runs like a clock. Like a like a yeah. There you go. Like a top. Uh, mine's from the model year range when they started to not be quite so durable, but I like it anyway. There you go. So what? Uh, what about uh, you, you? Got a uh, an article you want us to uh, pay attention to? I do have a blog post um, that just went up. It's about uh, well, it's kind of about SB two, but not really. It's more about 
a column I saw about SB2, and uh, it was written by someone who, uh, I, like, I won't try and pronounce his name. I, I'm not good with those, but it's it's from the Fresno Bee. Um, I, I saw this column saying basically, hey, I'm kind of anti-gun, but even I recognize that SB2 is just blatantly unconstitutional and is an absolute travesty, and, and Newsom and his faction really should be ashamed of themselves for, for wasting you know, public money on all the time it takes to push through a law they know is going to get struck down in the courts. And so um, what I talk about in the blog post is like, hey, listen, if it's getting to the point in California where even people who are not pro-gun recognize that these laws are crap, that's big. That's really big. It is not it, it, the other part of that. The political side of that is when you, when it's when your base, when your allies, you know, people who are on your side, are criticizing you and and telling you, you should be ashamed. Um, and that's happening more and more with with Governor Newsom, who's you know trying to capture the the public stage for whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of different you know theories as to what exactly he wants to do when it comes to. Uh, you know, reaching higher office, but I'm seeing more and more people that should be wholeheartedly uh, with him are turning against him. And it's not even, and it's in that same manner where they're going, Hey, look, I agree with you in general on the subject, but what you're doing is, you know, repugnant as they, as the, as, as judge uh, Carney put it. Um, but uh, so that's happening more and more and more. That's interesting. So that article is up or it's going up tomorrow. Um, that's already up. Uh, I So my blog post talks about my perspective on this column, but it does link to the column as well. And I highly, highly encourage everyone to, even if you don't read the post, read the column. Good job, Sam. That's it. You're the best, bud. Thank you. All right, folks. Like and subscribe our show. Share it with a friend. Leave a comment. Please support our great sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Street, San Diego Flight Training International, Firearms Legal Protection, and a big shout-out to Alicia, Michael, and Sam the Gunman. And let's not forget Matthew Dominguez, Brendan Thomas, and don't forget Bob Siegel's in the house, and he is going to lay down an awesome show. And don't forget our gun show. It's coming right up March 1st and 2nd. March 2nd and 3rd. 2nd and 3rd, close enough. GunOwnersRadio.com. Be there, B-Square. FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. The answer.